Welcome to Superlative. I am your podcast host, Ariel Adams. In each episode, you will meet someone who has inspired or takes inspiration from today's wristwatch industry. Every week, let's dive deep into the world of crafting exotic timepieces from the people who dream them up to the people who dream of them. It's time to get started and meet today's guest. Hey everyone, Ariel Adams here with the Superlative Podcast. My guest today is Davide Chirato. He is now the CEO of Bremont. Davide, welcome. Thank you. Hi, Ariel. We, Thank you we, for having me. My pleasure, my pleasure. You are always welcome um, uh, when speaking to our watch enthusiast audience because you yourself are an enthusiast of enthusiasts. And I am. We, we already had, I guess, our initial chat with you now running Bremont, we were at uh, the Dubai Watch Week 2023 event in Dubai, of course, and uh, Bremont has a nice little exhibit there, which they've had before. And, uh, and and here I am chatting with Davide, same place, different role than the last time we were there together. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, but I think uh, more enthusiasm than I've seen in you in, in uh, quite some time in a very positive way. Um, now at a brand which, you know, is new, but has had a couple of years, has come out with certain watches, has had a little bit of a legacy. And this is the first time uh, that Bremont has called on somebody other than the founders to run the company. And you were lucky enough uh, to find this position. So I guess the first thing that I'd like to have you say to the audience, you might say some things that you said to me, you know, again, but going in to this brand, Bremont, a British brand, how is it different than the Swiss brands you've worked for? Uh, it is very different because it's an uh, um, uh, independent brand and is a British brand with a legacy of now 20 years. Um, it's a uh, uh, and in this sense, it's a little bit an unusual challenger. Uh, on the other side, is uh, similar to Swiss brand because uh, uh, we have a fantastic uh, place in the countryside uh, uh, called the Wing. Uh, the premises where you have where we have around uh, um, 120 people, where we uh, design, assemble, produce, uh, uh, test uh, all our watches. So. Uh, when you get there in Henley on Thames and every morning when I do that uh, turn and I see the company, uh, you know, in, in the beautiful British countryside next to, next to Apollo Field, uh, could be a little bit La Chaux de you know, or, uh, <laughs> or La Valle Jou. Uh, the setting is quite similar. So what you're actually saying is that it's more similar than different. It is. It is. Uh, we are, the, the company is really up to date to, I would say, Swiss standard in every possible way, uh, which, uh, you know, w was one of the um, reasons that convinced me to come. Uh, and then BAT is independent, which is very interesting in terms of uh, creativity, in terms of freedom, uh, and has uh, this very unique, uh, you know, British uh, edge <clears throat> and British point of view, which I think is really interesting and I really believe can bring to, you know, the watchmaking arena uh, uh, a little bit of interesting diversity, if I can call it. One of the things that Bramant has done uh, before, obviously, you were there was to make, in multiple phases, a big 
push to not only have a company that was run in England, but as much as possible, they have watches that were made in England. And they took a lot of steps, you know, many even years ago, um, to have facilities that make cases, of course, the assembly, trying to make parts of the movement and stuff like that. Um, I know that this was something that was near and dear to the hearts of the founders. For them and others, you know, being able to produce a lot of it or have it done in England is a big thing. Obviously, there's a great heritage of British watchmaking, you know, just as much as, you know, a Switzerland or a France or something like that. But practically speaking, and again, you're a practical guy, it doesn't always make sense to make all your own stuff. And Bremont, like any sensible company, has a range of suppliers. For you, what is the priority of the made in England versus let's make a great watch that people in as many parts of the world can enjoy? Uh, it's a very good point, Ariel, and it just shows how uh, uh, expert uh, you are and how uh, straight to the point uh, you are. I think that uh, definitely the Britishness is a very important element of Bremont, is uh, the differentiator that Bremont has. But I really believe that uh, uh, you know the focus must be on brand and product desirability and really, uh, you know, enhancing uh, uh, in terms of uh, uh, quality, in terms of uh, uh, design expression, in terms of clarity, uh, both of our offer in terms of products and both of our brand messaging. Uh, so, yeah, definitely uh, um, it's a very good point, you know, and, and, and we are uh, looking at that and we are working uh, to that and and especially for the American market, but not only for the American market, it's it's a very global point. Uh, you know, the, there is a very strong element that is linked to value and our value proposition. And, you know, the segment in which we are competing, uh, uh, I know it inside out. I've, I've spent actually 16 years of my career into this particular segment and is a, a very... A challenging and a very exciting one. Uh, it's very challenging because, uh, you know, if we simplify and to say, and we say, let's say, 2,000 to 5,000, uh, just to, to have a, an idea of it in, in terms of pricing where it is positioned, you know, uh, you are challenged to uh, basically be capable of expressing everything that any, you know, higher-end brand does in a very narrow uh, uh, price point, you know, if we, if we look at the entry of it, 2,000, 2,500, it's really challenging there to, you know, uh, uh, make something super sexy, super qualitative, with magnificent details, with super good quality, with fantastic after sales service. But that's also why I love it, you know, because uh, then if you master those uh, elements, you can really... Uh, give access to a wider audience to the beauty of watchmaking. And I think in this uh, accessibility of, of uh, you know, having a brand that is uh, fairly priced, I would say, you know, that offers a very high quality at, uh, um, you know, a, an affordable price point. Uh, I think it's, uh, uh, you know, it's one of the very, it's one of the key elements of the mix uh, or of the offer that you need to be capable of delivering um, in this segment. So, and uh, now we are really focusing on, you know, uh, um, working on these, uh, you know, um, brand desirability and product desirability. And, and we are work working 
very much on our pricing and I've already announced it in some of the previous interviews, but we are working to lower down our uh, um, entry uh, um, offer price uh, with, uh, you know, some diving watches that will be already proposed below 3000 and some, uh, you know, and, and, and a very big new collection that we are going to present at Watches and Wonders that will start at 2500. So, uh, you know, we're really working a lot on, on this element. I want to focus on this topic for a little bit because I think your opinion is also valuable in a greater sense. And I want to sort of put two sides of the camp here. One side is the consumer who wants a watch to be as affordable as possible. That's how consumers are. And the other side is the uh, the, the product maker, the watchmaker, who wants the watch to be as good as possible, oftentimes. People think like, oh, they just want to charge a lot of money. You know, honestly, most of the time, watchmakers just want to make as good of a product as possible and believes that the consumer will understand this and be okay with the cost being passed on to them. The reality is that to have success in the watch industry, and this is where I want your opinion, if you agree, first of all, is about that special blend of, I was somehow able to give you good quality, but through ingenuity and being clever and maybe some luck, I was able to make it for very cheap, so you're willing to buy it. And do you agree that this is really the special mixture? It's, it's, that, it's that point where the desirability and affordability kind of meet. Correct. And that's why, you know, I speak more about value and about kind of fair prices that uh, cheap uh, or affordability, because, you know, it's not only about doing inexpensive things, you know, something can be inexpensive and terrible, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and inesthetic and not quality. And that's not the point. I mean, the challenge here is really, you know, taking all the value, all the beauty, all the, um, uh, you know, the knowledge, uh, uh, all the craftsmanship, uh, all the, you know, dedication of a company that is out there since 20 years and just finding the way of, uh, you know, sharpening so much, uh, you know, uh, all our setup, our organization, our processes, our suppliers and so on, and try to, you know, really play on this element to engage ourselves to try uh, to offer, uh, you know, a, a, a super good value for money. You know, that's that's really the point, you know, and, and, and a price, that, and that's the balance you were speaking about, you know, when you have your, the watch in your hand and you see the level of details, you see the level of finishing, you see the quality, but also you see the sophistication of the design expression, you know, the beauty, the pleasure, the emotion that you can, if you are capable of, uh, you know, encapsulating all together in a watch, then, you know, you, you can make that magic. And that's why I like this segment very much, because then if you nail it, you know, and, and you know, it's not always easy, but sometimes you nail it. And, and, you know, when you nail it, this product becomes universal, you know, it becomes super interesting for a first comer into mechanical watchmaking, but it can be, it is also definitely, you know, super interesting for anyone in the premium segment. And then also it becomes super interesting for huge collector that can buy anything, but because it's so cool, everyone wants to, to, to wear it. And that's where, you get to an icon, and that's exactly what we are working on. Uh, you know, because despite uh, uh, Bremond is out there since some time, uh, you know, we have not yet found that, uh, you know, iconical watch that embodies, uh, 
super powerfully the, the story and the DNA of the brand. And I really believe that in the new line that we are presenting at Watches and Wonders, uh, this will pop up quite, uh, quite strongly. That sounds very exciting. I'm really looking forward to seeing that watch with the iconic design, as you mentioned. Um, <clears throat> I, I know it's going to be great. Um, but I want to go back to the discussion about manufacturing uh, because as a smart CEO, what you should always be looking for is a less expensive way to offer a better product so that you could have an even more competitive watch. And my question to you is what is emerging now and maybe in the next couple of years, but what are some of the new manufacturing techniques or opportunities that allow you to make a better watch today at a good price than maybe tomorrow? Is it materials? Is it manufacturing or parts? I mean, there's always, there's always innovations. What's exciting to you there? Many, many things happening all time and many, you know, um, many experiments, uh, a new way of, uh, of, uh, producing, you know, we are all, uh, looking at, uh, uh, you know, could 3d printing one day allow you to do, uh, you know, uh, um, quantitative production in a different way. And, and, uh, it's not yet there. There are, you know, uh, parts of it that, that there are premises of that, uh, but, um, you know, th there are a lot of, uh, um, uh, you know, studies and research on, 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 on the movements on, you know, silicon parts on a magnetic parts and magnetic materials. There is a, you know, since now long time research on, uh, you know, setup that, uh, allow not to have, uh, uh oils inside uh, or, you know, uh, and, ends having, you know, movement that uh, uh, last uh, more without uh, needing, uh, you know, to to be serviced in between. Um, in in terms of materials, uh, uh, you know, the, in terms of uh, coatings, I, th there is something quite interesting that uh, you know that I like very much uh, um, uh, the the Superluminova, and I like very much, uh, you know. Uh, I'm looking on a design standpoint <clears throat> to what you can do with luminous materials. And, you know, as much as for cars, uh, you have uh, this, uh, what is called the luminous signature that is made up by the shape of the, of the lights. And in particular, the LED lights that are, have now become very sophisticated. You know, I, I, I was convinced since years that, you know, there is something very strong also linked to a kind of the luminous signature of watches and, you know, uh, of the challenge that is, uh, can a watch in the dark be, be and remain as sexy as it is in the light. And now there are really very interesting development linked to, uh, you know, new recipe of, uh, of, uh, you know, new version of the superluminova that are much more intense than the last, uh, really hours compared to the few seconds that wow. uh, was before colors, uh, uh, a, a large variety of colors while before, you know, was basically blue and green and that's it. So yeah, th there are, there are always, I, I think in this, in this area, uh, um, there are a lot of, uh, very interesting things that can be done and, you know, and, 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 uh, we have seen then also trials to put some luminous materials in the straps or in the case itself, or I think there is still, so much that uh, that can be done. Who's behind all uh, these um, upgraded luminous materials? Because what you're talking about sounds really game changing. Someone goes from having you know traditional luminant, which, like you said, can last a few seconds, 
to ours, like, you're going to want to upgrade. When are we going to start to see these things, you think? And who's behind this? Who is this a Swiss initiative? Is there a particular company behind this? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, uh, Tritech, uh, they are the owners of, uh, of uh, Superluminova. And, you know, they are in Swiss Germany and they are really investing quite a lot of money on research and development. And, yeah, they, they, they can offer today, uh, you know, version of it that is, uh, you know, much more... Uh, sophisticated that uh, that what he used to be, and then it, you know it. They are one of the players. There are others, but uh, you know these offers start to offer creative opportunities and and you know design opportunities to you know offer something even more fun, even more unique, uh, uh, even more iconical. Um, and, and we are for sure working on this because, as you know, we are really focusing on tool watches. It's really our uh, our. Um, core and uh, you know one of the of the characteristic of the tool watches is visibility you know is being sure that uh, the watch is visible uh, in any condition in the dark in you know if you go out in the mountain early, very early morning and it's still night and and it's an it's a very important point out of the fact that it can become also a very uh, you know a beautiful uh, uh, element and can add a little bit of magic, a little bit of surprise when, you know, when you see the the shift of the watch from you know light to to um, to darkness, and and you know all of a sudden it takes a completely different uh, dimension. So I'm going to go back to the question: When are we going to start to see some of these uh, super super Lomanova watches? Uh, uh, listen, we are, we are already integrating some of these things in in the line that we will present us uh, at Watches and Wonders, and then we will. You know, this is one of the directions in which we will definitely work. That's fantastic. And now let's talk about movements. Um, I don't imagine that the push to have Britishness to Bremont movements is going to go away. But it seems today that you have really more options than ever before when it comes to not only getting basic, you know, three-hand automatic movements, but also you know, relatively sophisticated complications. Uh, in the past, Bremont has worked with some modules to develop some of its own displays and things like that. But for you, what is really uh, the, the, the correct future with movement diversity and possibly investing in uh, new displays or even new movements? Uh, I think that uh, it's a very, very important element. Uh, uh, we really need to enrich uh, uh, our offer of uh, complication and, and, you know, in a way populate our offer with, uh, you know, a, a bigger variety of population. And you will already see in Watches and Wonders that uh, there is a very strong first step into this direction. So, uh, uh, Bremont has been used a lot uh, uh, GMTs, which makes a lot of sense because it's linked with the adventure, exploration, travel, and so on. Uh, uh, but there are a lot of other complications that are, uh, you know, very connected with the adventure exploration traveling that we have not yet used. So we are definitely also working on that di uh, direction, you know, which one to bring in, how to populate it, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and even working on something, you know, even more sophisticated. As you say, today there are more and more opportunities to, to work on that side and to bring, you know, emotion also uh, uh, with the technical content. So this will be a very important axis, uh, you know, axis of development for the brand. 
Hi, this is Ariel Adams, founder of A Blog to Watch, with a message about eBay. I visit eBay daily and have been relying on eBay to learn about and acquire watches for more than 20 years. Did you know that you can now buy watches directly from brands or their authorized dealers on eBay? Timepieces coveted by watch enthusiasts from brands like Zodiac, Loco, Parallel, and more are part of eBay's Certified by Brand program. Here's how it works. Luxury names are partnering with eBay to bring brand new and pre-owned watches and other luxury accessories directly to you. Certified by Brand includes a minimum one-year factory warranty for watches and offers an unprecedented selection of new and used watches directly from the source, all with the peace of mind you can expect from eBay. Visit ebay.com slash certified by brand for more information. Now, I'm going to go back to a conversation that we began in Dubai, and this talked about who you know you report to. There are uh, in, in investment interests uh, in Bremont, even though it's independent. Um, and you know, just in this conversation, you talked about uh, reducing costs for the watches. Uh, you know, of course, there's a lot of money going into research development for new products, and then you said you need to sort of boost uh, brand desirability and awareness, which is which is marketing. So it sounds like there's going to not only be a lot of activity and and, and novelty coming from Bremont, um, but also investment. How do you, at least from a managerial standpoint, plan on juggling all these different things? Because not only is it constantly needing to assure people that we're going to be spending for years before you expect anything, but you have to make sure all these projects are moving along properly. And what we find a lot is some of your colleagues, they, they, they tend to get stuck in one area, not the other. Like they're great administrators, but their products are boring, right? Or they're so creative, but nobody wants to work for them because they're an organizational disaster. Um, you know, you have to be good at all these things. Expectations are high on you. Talk about trying to juggle all this stuff. Yes, uh, you know, and, and perhaps in this we can uh, a little bit take back on, you know, how we we met and how I joined. I think uh, I deeply believe into, uh, you know, things not happening by chance and, uh, uh, you know, serendipity. And, and definitely, you know, I have now more than 20 years of experience in, in watchmaking on several brands, in several, in groups, in independent brands, uh, on a global level. Uh, in different uh, price segment and market segments. And, you know, uh, the company has this uh, uh, incredible 20 year of history, these incredible premises and uh, a proper uh, setup of uh, investor that are uh, very dedicated, that are uh, investing for the long term and not for the short term. So we have really a little bit of, uh, you know, magic setup with, uh, uh, you know, enough time to, uh, I see my role a little bit uh, uh, as a translator, you know, uh, uh, the brand has been uh, building very strongly on its Britishness. And, you know, we want to scale it up to a global brand and, and it definitely deserves. So, you know, it, my, my job is uh, taking everything that is strong and, and, and uh, you know, sharpening, reframing, translating it uh, in a language uh, that, you know, both on the design, on the branding, on the quality that is, uh, you know, uh, appealing to a wider audience, to a global audience um, and, and, and that's what we are doing with a very, very clear um, um, agenda uh, with, uh, 
you know, you, you have seen we have uh, uh, we have already launched a new campaign, take it further, uh, uh, really focus on adventure and exploration in which we strongly believe. Uh, we launched it the last 18th of October. Um, uh, we, this has informed uh, a little bit of a um, uh, strengthening simplification, clarification of our segmentation with uh, sea, land and air. Uh, so sea is our supermarine diving line and, uh, um, uh, you know, we, we are, uh, we have already proposed some new GMTs models uh, uh, end of October, beginning of, uh, of, uh, of uh, November, and we will present uh, some new others at Watches and Wonders. In land, it's a full new line, uh, uh, field watches, uh, you know, inspired by uh, British military watches, but uh, really informing like land exploration uh, with, uh, you know, uh, uh, a new ambassador, very strong that will be communicated a little bit along the way. And then we have the pilot one. So, um, and, uh, you know, we are, we are, uh, redesigning to be, you know, even stronger, even you know, sexier, and really working to 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 get this, uh, you know, iconical uh, status of of uh, of our watches, you know, recognizability, memorability, um, and uh, and on the other side, we have been working a lot on, you know, I have uh, uh, I have recruited a, a full new C suite of incredibly talented people. Uh, you know, two thirds of them are coming from watchmaking with long experiences in watchmaking, really to, uh, you know, uh, to grow this uh, 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 internal knowledge and, you know, to be capable of expressing at any level uh, this mastery, you know, the, 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 the knowledge, the competencies, the mastery, the experience that is needed to, uh, you know, to, to, to be strong in, in, in the segment. Uh, and also in terms of, uh, operation we have been working a lot on a big program that i call uh, we call uh, simplify to amplify and uh, you know that is going to allow us to uh, uh, improve our organization and our setup in such a way that uh, then we can uh, you know uh, uh, grow and and offer uh, you know uh, watches to our uh, new partners and in terms of geographies we are already extending our presence in us which will be definitely the focus of our year uh, up to uh, you know end of this year we are working in middle east we have extended our partnership with ethos in india uh, and then uh, once again there is a very precise uh, uh, you know lineup for extending in other regions of the world we are also working to be present in switzerland as we will be present in watches and wonders we come back uh, to 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 the watchmaking arena in watches and wonders with a very big presence with a in between the major brands with a big booth and it will be the first time that we display all of these uh, uh, you know to the world so uh, i'm really excited about this and you know be capable of sharing it with all your followers and readers thanks for sharing all that and uh, it's also Sounds like you've hired a couple of generals to help you through all this, and that was part of your answer that you've you've hired people to take care of some of these sectors because you know that you can't do it all. Um, one question I have is with the the original founders, uh, Giles and Nick English. I presume they're still around in some capacity. Help me and others know what what is the current and planned roles for the English brothers. 
Yes, Nick and Giles are the founders, are uh, an important piece of the puzzle. Uh, they are with us. They have been incredibly helpful for me to really, uh, you know, having the opportunity to understand deeply uh, the whole story of the brand, the philosophy, the inceptions, you know, everything that's been worked, everything that has been a little bit more challenging. Uh, for me, uh, uh, this has been of an invaluable value. Uh, um, they are with us. They are in the board. Uh, they are not uh, uh, taking care of the operation. I took over on this side, uh, but uh, they are with us. They are, you know, participating to events, uh, to, uh, you know, uh, animation to, we use very much the wing, our premises in Henley on Thames to uh, allow uh, the people to visit. You are all invited if you pass by and it's just, uh, you know, one hour out of London. And, uh, you know, we, we, we make a lot of, uh, presentation of events of, uh, so, uh, they are absolutely part of, uh, you know, the, the, the Britain leave of, uh, of the brand. What are they doing with their time right now? Uh, it's you know it sounds like they don't you know don't dedicate full time. Have they is it is it is it are they announced what they're doing? I just I haven't caught up with them in a while. Uh, listen, for the moment they are fully dedicated to the company. Oh, so. okay, okay. So they're still full time. They've just said we we've exceeded uh, our plan. We've done what we we had a twenty year plan. Now it's time for someone else to carry on further after that. Exactly. Exactly. Totally. And, and as you can, as you can imagine, they've created a company, they love it. So, you know, we are growing together. I mean, you, you read about the sort of founder's dilemma and the various types of van manifestations that go around how the same person can't necessarily run things forever. And the funny, I say this as, you know, 16 years now into running a blog to watch. No one said that I should step down, but I can, I can see how if the world changes and I don't, uh, that can be deleterious, you know, sort of if you care about a brand enough or you want something you've built that needs to pivot to succeed, you're not always going to be the best one to do that. Sometimes that's a, that's a hard step to take. What, what, you know, I, I know you can't speak for them, but from your vantage point, what has it been like emotionally for Nick and Giles to no longer say we're the guys in charge? Uh, listen, I, I think uh, um, they are very committed and they are uh, really, you know, passionate about uh, what they have set up and what they have created. So, you know, the the, the best thing that a, a creator of something has in mind is uh, seeing his, uh, you know, company, his brand uh, growing and, and, you know, be sure that uh, the setup is such that... Uh, uh, is sustainable over the long term and it, that, that it becomes, uh, uh, you know, really an iconical brand and iconical company. So, uh, you know, I, I think they've been also very clever to, uh, you know, to understand that, uh, you know, to take it further, to make it uh, really, uh, you know, a, a powerful brand on the long term. You also need to, uh, you know, to get new competencies, uh, to get new uh, point of view and and uh, to specialize more you know I, I think they did really an incredible job in terms of uh, uh, you know setting it, this up in in England which is a quite, quite challenging place you know to do it and now uh, you know now the brand is grown and you know uh, and uh, in UK is very very strong and now you know uh, it's ready to 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 grow and to you know 
um, cater and appeal to other customers in other countries. And and here, you know, there is also a cultural element, you know, is uh, becoming global means, uh, you know, being capable of, uh, you know, having a kind of universal language, you know, uh, uh, and, and knowledge of, uh, and, and this is what we are doing, you know, so. I don't yeah. know what percentage of the business it ever was, and that's not really material, but I know for at least a while, selling watches um, to various types of military squadrons and alike um, was a very, you know, real segment of the business. And what that is, is uh, you take a watch and then you put an emblem of a military uh, group from, you know, various militaries around the world uh, and you sell it as a set to members in there and they ha- they're allowed to buy it often at a a special price because they are, you know, working soldiers and, and various military professionals. Um, but those are not available to the public. Um, I know that that has uh, done a lot of interesting things and allowed Bremont to be in a lot of places it might not otherwise. It's a niche business. It's not for everyone. Uh, is that something which is going to continue or will you be winding that down? I'm just curious your own thoughts about that um, very specialized part of the Bremont company. What has been done on the on this uh, uh, you know military side is really unique uh, and very very smart. Uh, as you say, uh, the company we have built up relationship with uh, actually more than five hundred military squad around the world over time. Wow! Uh, and uh, you know we are proposing them to create uh, unique customized pieces for them. Uh, which is even, uh, I would say, more than just, you know, putting their logo on the on the dial. Is really, you know, creating very special dial with their crest, but also with uh, modifying the, the numerals, uh, uh, linked to specific meaning that uh, you know those numbers have for them. Yeah, uh, and is uh, using special colors and is uh, sometimes modifying hands or having specific uh, engravings on the back. So. I would say that the level of uh, of uh, yeah, you know customization that we offer there is is quite incredible, and uh, you know I think they are very happy of of what we are doing. And frankly speaking, I I don't know another watchmaking company that is capable over time to develop such uh, you know strong relationship with this uh, particular segment of the market and. Uh, uh, it was really right. just Breitling, right? In a very it was, that was doing it yeah, in a few, serious way. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But uh, uh, some brands are doing, you know, one-shot things or very few projects around. We have really, had, you know, dedicated setup and dedicated mm-hmm. team to that, and you know, even dedicated uh, a design team to that. Uh, and and for us, uh, it's really important. Those relationships have been developed over, I think, more than sixteen years. So they are very, very. Uh, strong, and uh, you know definitely this will continue, and and uh, uh, you know we want to cater uh, to them in uh, you know offering them the pleasure of having really qualitative, beautiful watches, and then you know very unique and and you know uh, uh, proudly uh, uh, belong you know showing the proud belonging to their to their squad or or, or team. And also what we are looking at that is that uh, I had the, the, the fantastic opportunity of going through the history of them, you know, and, and, and actually is more than 500 models uh, that have been developed during all these years where there are incredibly interesting design cues and elements and colors and, sol- and uh, crest. And so 
I've been very inspired by that. I think that we'll definitely now, uh, you know, try to bring a little bit of that, uh, uh, you know, of that sophistication, of that emotion, of that uh, iconical elements uh, into uh, mainstream watches. And, and it can definitely, you know, inform what we do. Um, and the other side that is uh, of this collaboration that is very interesting is also that uh, uh, they use the watches every day in what they do. So for us, is a one-of-a-kind uh, tested on the field, uh, you know, opportunity of extend our knowledge uh, of testing. Uh, you know, as you know, we, we already do this incredible uh, collaboration with Mark Tim Baker, the British company that does ejectable jet seat. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and this is another fantastic area to, you know, get information about uh, the performance of the watches. So, yeah, very happy to, you know, have this uh, uh, specific dedication of the company and, and definitely is a, is a part of the DNA of the company also. I'm so glad that you mentioned the Martin Baker relationship. I had an opportunity some years ago to visit Martin Baker um, in England uh, with the English brothers. And it's it's a very impressive place, especially because they make nothing lethal, right? It's just life-saving stuff. And yeah. um, I don't know, they're one of maybe two or three companies on the planet that makes ejection seats. This is for the uh, quote-unquote allied powers. So it's the, <laughs> to, in the West, it's the friendly, the friendly ejection, uh, ejection seats. But the original concept was a watch that could survive, um, you know, this large amount of Gs, shock, vibration, things like that. It's not that no watch could survive, but certain watches definitely would be killed by this process. And, um, you know, it led to this very durable concept with the sort of internal shock absorber. And, and when I learned about this, I liked it because Bramot wasn't just a company that was was creating a standard watch with a nice design. There was more that was going into it. It was a, a legitimate effort to make a good-looking tool that could do new things. And the Martin Baker relationship is its just such a good manifestation of that ethos and that connection. I guess the question is, wh where do you go with that? I mean, I, I, are there going to be more Martin Baker watches? Do you make watches that can, uh, you know, survive the new ejection seats? Because it's, it's such a beautiful relationship, but it's it's not clear how you develop it further. It's a fantastic relationship. I had the, the pleasure of visiting it uh, again quite recently. And, you know, the, the owners uh, uh, are incredibly passionate for watches and, and you know, incredibly excited b by, by what we are doing together, very much involved of, uh, you know, uh, also putting a lot of uh, ideas on the table and, uh, uh, yeah, definitely it's something that we will continue to develop. Uh, and, you know, the company is such an incredible company. Can you imagine having in your KPIs how many lives you saved uh, last month is, uh, is mind-blowing. And in terms of technology, is absolutely mind-blowing. You know, what, what they're up to now is, uh, is, is incredible. One of those cities like, uh, you know, a car, the, the level of complexity is very similar to that. So... Did you yeah. see the recent um, Godzilla movie, G-1? 
No, not yet. <laughs> so I, I went to see it. It's in Japanese. I went to see it in the theaters mm -hmm. here in Los Angeles. It's, it's really, really good. Uh, but I'll, I'll sort of get to the point. The main character is a pilot <laughs> in, in the Japanese military, and he's a, a kamikaze pilot that doesn't actually do his mission. And they were talking about how, and this is sort of part, the second part of the movie, how the old regime had made these planes without ejection seats. That right, This was such a scandal that they would make these planes without ejection seats. And then at the very end, they finally put an ejection seat in. And this actually ends up being a crucial plot point of the movie. So I think that you and anyone from Martin Baker will obviously get a big kick out of this because it's actually quite rare that an ejection seat plays such a crucial role in the story, let alone a, a very good Godzilla one. This is this is like an art house Godzilla movie, right? It's not just mindless action. It's actually really, really well done. But I think you get a kick out of it because if you see something like that, you're like, oh, wow, ejection seats are like a really big deal. And I got that after going there, but most people just do not think about this at all. And what they don't realize is the main reason for them is that the pilot's life Forget the fact that it's a human life. Their educated life is too valuable. All the years it took to get them to be a pilot, to know how all these, to know how to operate, to work together as a team, that's just too valuable to let them die. So all this investment is first and foremost an economic decision because pi the pilots take too long to trade it or too expensive. But it ends up being kind of like the most feel-good story in the military is, you know, things designed to let the pilot escape the burning hulk of their vehicle. Totally, totally. It's, okay, a, so it's an incredible company. It's really an incredible company. So there was a recent limited edition. I think this was one of the first things that may have came out under your leadership, but was the, um, the Viper, right? The MB Viper watch, which was this I, I'm not sure. It was, I guess, it was a prototype. So I, I got a chance to. I, I had one of these for a couple of weeks, and in the pictures, it kind of looked funky. But then when you handle it, like it was really cool. That, am I correct that that you you made the decision to release that, or that came before you? No, it came before you. It came before me. Uh, okay, uh, it came before me. Sorry, uh, it was launched. Uh, like after two weeks, I was in the company. So okay, and, it was and, right, uh, right know, at the beginning. Um, yeah, yeah. Would that have been a product that you would have come out with? Because a lot, again, I loved it after playing with it, but it was a weird thing. I just want to know, does that represent the the type of Bramont that you would lead or is that a strange anomaly? Uh, the second one. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was a funny one and a funny exercise, but uh, yes, not exactly where, where we are heading. Okay, I mean, look, it, it is it is definitely not a mainstream thing, right? But you have to yeah. agree that like, I think when I when I when I had it, I was like, man, I'm so happy that Bramont did this. I know that half the company was like, guys, come on, we shouldn't make this, <laughs> right? For, uh, to to me, it was, it was very interesting though, because as I as I told you, I was uh, you know two weeks in the company, and I and you know I followed it with a lot of interest. And what to me was flagging is that uh, there are a lot of people passionate about Bramont, and there are a lot of people passionate that want to see something different, you know, something. Uh, in, in terms of design, and that definitely was totally out of uh, anything <laughs> the company has done. So, you know, it, it's not exactly that the perfect expression was uh, the core of what we want to do, but it's very interesting that there are so many people waiting and excited to see something slightly different because that's exactly, you know, the base on what we've been working now since eight months. And, you know, and that's exactly why 
we will come in Watches of Water Wonders with strong novelties, with new complications, with new designs uh, to feed, you know, these... Uh, this very legitimate demand of, uh, you know, a little bit wider variety and a little bit more, you know, playful, exciting uh, watches. I, I think that that's, that's what we are focused on. So let's talk about that a little bit more because Bramon has always been good, in my opinion, of having a very conservative watch that can do well in sort of a mainstream retail environment. You know, the, the conservative pilot watch, the conservative diver's watch. But then, you know, with especially some of the limited editions, uh, they got quite playful. Uh, so my question for you is, I'm sure that you want to continue that. And I know that you you do a really good job at the conservative watch. Like, you know what's pretty. You know what will, someone will pick up and say, like, wow, that's going to go good with the colors I like. But when it comes to the weird, playful stuff, I don't think that you're going to be doing some of the same things that English Brothers, where they take apart an old plane and put parts in it. That's I don't think that's your style. But I am curious, like, what is Davide's weird Bramont's going to be like? I think it's, it's, uh, you know, it, it's not about uh, weirdness in itself. It's more <laughs> about, uh, you know, emotion and excitement. And it's more also around the fact that we, we were speaking about the premium segment and we are speaking about, you know, uh, our DNA, our purpose into this segment. And I think there is a, an element of it that is linked to fun, uh, like, uh, joyful watchmaking, I would call it, you know, uh, when you are buying those brands, uh, you're, uh, is, you're not uh, as a first hint expecting to have a very serious execution of, a, you know, of a diving watch, of a pilot watch, of a, then you need to have it for, you know, for the commercial side, but you are also very much expecting for a little bit more fun, a little colors, uh, uh, different materials, unusual straps, uh, you know, elements that you don't normally find uh, in the very, how, how can I call it? You know, the, the, the very, you know, high end brands and, and, you know, established since long time, even if, you know, is not true because uh, even Rolex has come with some fun stuff, but you see what I mean is uh, in the segment, uh, you know, the, the, the real purpose and position of the segment is also to bring a little bit of uh, excitement, a little bit of variety, a little bit of fun. I, I think of joy, you know, really pure watchmaking joy. I, I, I like very much the term of, uh, you know, joyful watchmaking. Uh, so yeah, we, we will, we will play, a lot on that and, and bring, uh, uh, you know, excitement and bring colors and bring textures and bring new materials and bring new shapes, uh, working on the, you know, luminous materials on the strap, you know, how much I like, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm focused on bracelet and strap and, you know, comfort and wearability and, and also beauty of, uh, you know, the, uh, how when you, when you change a strap, uh, you, Sometimes it looks like you have a new watch, so you know this renovating the look of your watch. So uh, we are definitely, uh, you know, bring a lot, a lot of uh, joyful additions to 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 Bremont. I think that's a very sensible strategy because some people could use it as a uh, avenue for artistic expression of, you know, I'm going to make some crazy looking limited editions just for the art lovers. But another perspective is, like you said, you you do an opportunity to make things that maybe wouldn't make sense in volume, but are really great at lower volume, whether it's particularly beautiful, a particularly expensive material, something that, you know, just takes extra effort, but 
it sounds like a more traditional approach where it's exclusivity, craftsmanship, uh, natural limitation, and you understand that this doesn't make up the core the core production. But because you are enthusiasts of the category, well, you you just have to make cool stuff like that from time to time. Correct. Okay, that, that 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 makes a lot of sense. I, another question, and again, I like to get people like your opinion on this: is what's the right thing to do with packaging? I mean, I've seen everything from you, and as of you, you've worked at companies that have crazy big watch boxes to things that are like this little thing for a ten thousand dollar watch, and everything in between. What do we do with packaging these days? I I don't know that anyone quite has it right. For you, what does Bramot packaging? What should it look like? What should it do? What should it not be like? So already, I must say, uh, I'm very positively impressed by Bremen packages packaging because we don't have almost any box. Get that Zero. leather thing, which is pretty we cool. Have, we have le- leather wallet uh, that are uh, thinner, smaller, lighter to transport, and so on, which definitely uh, goes already very much into the good directions. And uh, uh, you know. Um, and now we are working on that concept to start to try to take it further and you know uh, work definitely on the uh, you know sustainability on on you know uh, um, recyclable material and you know natural material and uh, um, and by the way thank you very much for the question because uh, you know I kind of forgot to say that uh, uh, because we are engaging into adventure and exploration, and adventure and exploration happens a lot outdoor, we are also engaging very much, and we want to engage more and more into nature, you know. And that's why, you know, the the the, the GMT watches, uh, the Supermarine that we launch in October, are developed with Ocean Ramsey, uh, you know, a couple that is uh, very strongly engaged in preservation of uh, wildlife in the oceans. And then we have been working with Laird Hamilton, uh, in US, which is very much, who is very much involved into, you know, healthy living in a way, uh, uh, and relationship with nature. And we will build it up uh, more and more. And it will not just be, you know, the typical, you know, greenwashing, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, um, uh, on the contrary, trying to put it really at the center of everything we do. So, you know, the, the, the packaging that we do, uh, now, these wallets are all, you know, are produced in UK, so you know, in terms of uh, uh, you know, local sourcing, and and you know, it's already very much into this direction. And now we are going to work on it to push, to take it further in terms of material that we use, in terms of uh, you know, reducing the number of uh, over layers and unuseful thing that we put on top. And and yeah, but but we and and we are trying to to take it further. Also, the fact that. Uh, the packaging should be something that is uh, has also a different purpose and that makes it living after so you know w- the wallet are being enriched with the possibility of becoming like a uh, travel pouches uh, so that uh, you know it's not only the envelope in which you receive your watch the first time but you can continue uh, to use it uh, when you bring your, your your watch or your watches with you when you travel when you are away which is uh, you know makes it much more durable and much more sustainable. So, and then, as you say, there is no magic uh, solution yet. Uh, but I think that already getting rid of boxes is a very good, uh, it's a very good uh, step. When you go on the internet 
and you see about people's opinions and things like that for Bremont. Um, and I know that this is the type of thing you do. You are the type of leader that wants to know what people's opinions are. Um, where do you want to change opinions the most? You're not only going to be changing Bremont, but I think that like any brand, there's people out there that have maybe fundamental misunderstandings. And now you have a vested interest as the CEO. What are some of the misconceptions that you think people may have about Bremont out there? And what are some things that you think every watch lover today should know about Bremont, even before you start, should know about this company uh, that, that you now work for? I think that, uh, you know, they, they should know that is uh, uh, an independent player uh, or uh, and uh, that the company is existing since 20 years. So, you know, it's a young company, but uh, uh, already with a significant, significant part and history that, uh, you know, the company is, uh, is in UK, uh, uh, in, in a very positive way. So, uh, has been set up with a fantastic, uh, uh, manufacturer as really a 360 degree, you know, integrated, uh, watch company that is, uh, a company of, uh, incredibly passionate and dedicated people. And, uh, you know, I, I think that really brings a little bit of uh, diversity in the watchmaking arena uh, 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 without being in any way, uh, you know, antagonistic to the Swiss world. It is a fantastic world. We are part of it. A lot of our suppliers uh, are from Switzerland and a lot of our partners are from Switzerland. So, and, and it will be a great pleasure to come back in Geneva during Watches and Wonders and, and you know, uh, being included and inclusive uh, with the, with the, you know, the, the overall, uh, uh, system of, of the watchmaking world. Bremont's always had that back and forth relationship with the shows. The English brothers, I always remember with Basel, we're here, we're not, we're across the street, we're da, 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 da. It's, it's, I, I love the the sort of passion that the watch industry has with these shows because no brand is immune from the love-hate relationship. And you know the importance of them, right? You know that you got to be there because you don't know who you're going to meet. You got to meet more retailers. You, you never know who you're going to run into. So like you are enthusiastically there. But realistically speaking, for a brand your size, which is you're not the biggest, you're definitely not the smallest, how many trade shows a year can you can you be asked to go to? But uh, anyway, Watches and Wonders is the, by far the number one. And I'm yes. very happy that it has recomposed, uh, you know, the, the, the split between uh, different groups and different brands. I think it becomes again, you know, the, the perfect moment of celebration of watchmaking last for the world and is, is much needed. Uh, we were both in Dubai and I think the Dubai Watch Week is definitely becoming another special moment in the, you know, in the agenda of, uh, of the watch world lovers uh, around the year. And then there is, uh, you know, Geneva Watch Days, I would say is a little bit of uh, the third, uh, the third one. Uh, so there are not so many, but it is, ve it's very important to, you know, uh, uh, continue to spread passion and excitement for watches, continue to teach and learn to grow, uh, you know, the, the knowledge about it, the, the, the most, you know, the most, uh, you, you, you get passionate about it. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a beautiful, really a beautiful moment of, uh, you know, celebration of what we like and what we are passionate about. So, you know, and yeah, and, and I think we can really offer something special, you know, exactly what we discussed together you know, the, the, the ties and tests with the military, the crazy 
test uh, with the ejectable seat, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, adventure and explorers who have been work with, uh, uh, you know, uh, by the way, adventure, you know, exploration was born British with, uh, you know, uh, Livingston and Shackleton and Cook and, and all of them. So, you know, we, we can really embody an expression of tool watches that is, uh, you know, very powerful and, and unique and joyful. And, and yeah, I, I think it's going to appeal to, I, I, I really believe that uh, it's going to appeal to a lot of, a lot of watch lovers. I, I really, I'm, I'm really, you know, doing my best to, to give them incredibly nice and sexy and interesting and exciting watches. You will, you will. And and well, our, where I will very strongly agree with you is that the demand for what we call tool watches is not going away anytime soon. I, I can't even explain it, even as a watch lover, but our appetite for brand new tool watches, we need new ones every couple of days. I mean, it is incredible how fascinated we, we remain with these. There seems to be no limit to how we can reinvent them uh, the histories that we find fascinating, um, uh, the the new functionality materials, uh, and with your mind at the helm there, I'm sure you'll come out with, with good things. Uh, the last uh, area of question I want to explore before we end this episode uh, has to do with, you know, where people are going to be buying their Bramont watches. There's a, a big debate today with sort of the the direct-to-consumer, having your own stores, third-party retail. Bramont's already done all of that. What for you is going to be the right mixture between these things so that people have a clear uh, and smart way of buying their Bremont watches? Listen, we, uh, as you said, we have uh, a number of uh, direct boutiques, uh, especially in, uh, in the UK, where we have uh, uh, actually 11 boutiques. Uh, a lot of stores. Uh, and then... So, uh, you know, uh, in London alone, we have like five. So, uh, you know, in UK, the brand is really capillarly present. Uh, in US, we have a boutique in Madison. Uh, we have a boutique in Hong Kong and we have a boutique in Melbourne in Australia. So those are our, our, our direct uh, outlet. And we are not going to expand more than these in the next, uh, uh, you know, two or three years. Okay. The, the side on what we are uh, working is uh, uh, our uh, partners uh, in, in terms of wholesale, and we are trying to extend that to be much more uh, capillary present. Uh, uh, we work with watches in Switzerland, in, in UK, but we are now working with them to expand in US. And, you know, we are with the uh, um, Ethos uh, in India. Uh, we are expanding in Middle East with Siddiqui. So we are working with a very strong uh, um, reliable partners with, uh, you know, long-term projects. And, uh, you know, in U.S., we are going to, uh, to, to expand and, and, and to open a number of, uh, of uh, new outlets to give, uh, you know, the, the possibility to uh, American customers to get easy access to, to the brand. Um, on the other side, we have also our e-com platform that is, uh, you know, working and, and functioning very well already since, uh, few years now so if, if the customer want they can they can also um, access that so we we cover a little bit uh, all the different uh, and and as i said you know for for everyone that is traveling in uk they can come to the wing our manufacturer where we also have a boutique so you know people can both visit and if they want uh, uh, buy the products so 
and and in 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 London we have you know the oldest boutique that we have is in Mayfair in in a really a beautiful place uh, easy accessible and you know there since the beginning so you know 20 years so yeah those are the yeah i know exactly where which, that little uh, shop is exactly exactly it's it's actually amazing that there's such a a massive retail footprint in the uk and for me that's sort of one of the most interesting I guess you could say testimonials that a a brand leveraging a UK personality does so well in the UK is a good thing because oftentimes you could sort of say, oh, well, it's just a brand for places that have some Anglophilia and want to buy what they feel are British things. But that it, I mean, don't get me wrong. It is that too. But that people in England have responded so well and uh, consume so many Bramont watches, I think is a fantastic testament. I encourage everyone to go to the Bramont.com website. And in April, that's when Watches of Wonders 2024 is. Um, the watches that Davide has been hinting at, the new collection um, is going to be coming out. And then maybe we'll have to have you back to talk about some of the reactions and some of those models, which we can't talk about now. Davide, anything else you want to add before we say goodbye in this episode of Superlative? Uh, stay tuned. I'm really excited to share with you again in April and, and, you know, to all the watch lovers out there, what we are coming with. And then, you know, much more to come. This has been the Superlative Podcast interview with Davide Chirado, CEO of Bremont. Davide, thank you so much. Thank you, Ariel. Ciao to everyone. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Superlative Podcast. This show relies on support from you, the audience. Please subscribe, review, and share Superlative with your friends. To get the latest watch news and enthusiast commentary, also listen to the Blog to Watch weekly podcast. For show ideas, comments, or business, please contact us at podcasts at a blogtowatch.com.